Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. All right, so today's topic, do you want to, do you want to start us off? Do you want to, you want the opening, uh, do you want, do you want to make your opening? What opening? I have no opening. Yeah, I've, I've seen your opening now. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't remember what they call an opening, uh, an opening argument. That's what I yeah. No, so technically it's not an opening, it's an opening uh, statements. Opening statements. closing arguments. You don't, you don't argue in your opening. Which is why Maybe the podcast call themselves opening arguments because if you Google it, you find them as opposed to finding actual opening arguments because it's gotcha, not a real gotcha. term. Gotcha. But, so anyway. Hey. Hey. So, so today we're going to talk about debates. Are debates worth it? Are debates good? Are we talking formal debates? Are we talking debating someone on the interwebs? I debate, you debate, who debate the better? Yep. And, uh, yep. Yeah, that's what we're done. We, we came to agreement. Debate over. Yeah. So I I thought that t- talking about debates was a, a a good topic for us tonight for a couple reasons because I think that we've gotten into a big time debate culture. Not you and I specifically, but um, our culture has become heavily, you know, debate based. Everybody's and, got an opinion. They want to prove they're right. Right. And and there's a lot of value put in debate. We know you know it's been a couple years, but like. Um, Ben Shapiro and a bunch of other people wanted to debate AOC for no, you know, like, like, and they kept getting, you know, trying to challenge her to a debate. And anytime they would get into a debate, they would, or anytime they would get into the topic of a debate, they would say that she won't debate them because, you know, that's not her job. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that's not even wanting to debate. That's, I want to make an challenge that she will never even hear. So then I right. can make the claim that she ducked the challenge. Right. Exactly. And so, and I thought that that was um, interesting for us to talk about. I also, my, my screen just went kind of black. Racist. Don't go black screen. There we go. Um, I I don't know how much you saw of it this week, but it's also an interesting piece to, our, to that comes into play with our topic, which is uh, the the um, Ron DeSantis and oh, why am I spacing on Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom. The debate. So that kind of, I thought was an interesting situation. So we've had a lot of the, you know, between, there's a lot of YouTubers that debate each other, whether it's Ben Shapiro debating, you know, people from the Young Turks and um, every, Sam Cedar uh, used to debate a bit and now they won't debate him. And there's all these other people online debating. Obviously, when we get into political seasons, there tends to be debates between candidates. And then you got, Ron DeSantis, who for some reason thought that he was good, like he thought that he was charming and skilled and probably more than anything else, thought he was right enough to debate Gavin Newsom to to any positive effect for his career. And so I thought that 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 was part of what made me think this is the right time to talk about debate. Um, I personally think that I kind of categorize debates in, in three different ways. Um, I think there is the political debate process specifically within candidates. And I think that there can be some benefit to that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously flawed. It's not a great, it's not the best way to, to determine who's the best candidate, 
But what what it, what it can do is show you who has poise and who has, uh, you know, the ability to think under pressure and all those other things. Um, but to some extent, Thomas, people aren't always looking for poise. I mean, Donald Trump has no poise, yeah. but that people love him in debates because they're right. not looking for his people aren't looking for poise. Well, and I know this is a controversial statement. He has charm. He has charisma. Charisma. Okay, he has charisma. I mean, I don't know that I can tell the difference between charisma and charm, to be honest. Yeah, one's a Dungeon and Dragons stat and one isn't. Okay. But he, um, but my point being, like, you know, you, you get into debates and Donald Trump, I think, largely, even though he doesn't have poise, he did win. I think his debate tactic, especially in the primaries, was a huge factor in his winning. Yeah, I think the the a problem is that the what do we mean when we say debate? Because you know there are so many different things we call debates. Like right. what you presidential debate is not the same as a debate online, which is not the same as a YouTube debate, which is probably closest to a real debate. Like the YouTube debaters probably come closest to actually having a classic debate. Sure, but I actually was going to make that argument that I think. Debating when you're like, if you and I were going to debate a range of 10 topics over the course of two hours, I would win. Probably. Um, I win. Yeah. And, but if you were to, we were to do that, you would, we would be debating largely on an ideology as a whole or a, or a set of, of policies. Um, and it, so it changes the game a little bit, but, you know, and it would be me versus you less than it would be pro-life versus pro-choice or pro-gun versus uh, gun control or whatever specific topic. And I think that that's part of why I say, like, I think that a, a debate between two candidates can be more, m- more, not informational, but impactful and, and, because we we can see okay like i agree with uh this person on five out of the six things that they talked about i also think that they compose themselves well or whatever whatever it, the criteria are wild you know the criteria in which we vote on are probably as varied as the, the amount of people that there are right but and, and you know, I remember lots of people saying that they liked Bill Clinton because he was so handsome. And you know, you get weird reasons for voting for people, but ultimately, there is some, there is something there to to debating uh, as a me versus you, not a pro life versus pro, you know, not a topic specific. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting that the one those person debates like that are not. Like the idea of a debate is to win someone to your side. Mm-hmm. And that's not what presidential debates are about at all. I think they should change them to town hall meetings where yeah. they're asking you each your opinion about topics and what you would do and take out the adversarial portion because yes. that's just a distraction from what we want to hear theoretically, which is platform and plan. Right. I agree with that. Um, and I would like to see that. I mean, there's, there's no end to the, all the things that I would like to see improved in our political system, but um, that being a huge one, but I, then there is the topic debates, which I think is is more common when we see online. When you see two people, they're gonna they agree on a topic that they're gonna debate on, um, and I think that debating on a specific topic, when you have one debater versus one debater on a specific topic, it comes down to 
if I am a better debater than you mm-hmm. on, let's say, let's say I am pro-slavery and you are anti-slavery, but I am a great debater and you are a terrible debater, it will look like I won that debate. And I think that's where part of the problem, or I'm sorry, it can look like I won. I can well I mean, know, define winning. If winning is moving more people to your side, and if you are eloquent and you do that, sure. then you do win the debate. It doesn't mean that your stance is a better stance. Just It just means you move people to your side, and well, you won the debate. Right, and that's what I mean. Yeah. And I, that's it, why I think that they're, they can be it's largely It's even odder when people debate things that are factual or not. Is the earth flat or not? And there's debates about that because people who believe it want to have debates. It's, yeah. And if they're a better debater, if they gish gallop and they just put tons of garbage out there and the scientist is trying to refute each thing, they may be more compelling in their argument. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't make them right, even if they win the debate. Even if they convince 100 people out of 102, right. they're still factually wrong. And I mean, yeah. the, the flat earthers are wrong. The, round, the spheroid earthers are correct. Spheroid earthers. It sounds like such a, it sounds like a hemorrhoid earthers. Um. I yeah no I and I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, well, you I, say that about that my new band, the Spheroid Earthers. Why would you slam us like that? I will say, so the the part of the reason I think that the debate, the the skilled debater versus non skilled debater issue comes into my head is less so because of because of people I've seen online. Because I mean, there are sometimes where you're like, oh, why the fuck are you debating? You should not be debating. But then there's you know, we get into debates. Te- we tend to get in debates as as just people who live in a political society. Sometimes not even political, but largely political. Uh, we get into debates in our everyday lives. Whether it's you know, I've debated the merits of not cracking your spaghetti in half, and but like ultimately, you get into if it's Thanksgiving and you you have a family member that you disagree with. And you get into a debate, and it's like, well, you came prepared because you picked a fight. You know, like, it, it becomes very much the Steven Crowder change my mind of, like, I brought a notebook, and I'm and I'm surprise debating uh, people. And when they don't have the facts on their side, I make, I pretend like they're fools. You know, like, do you know, I know we've talked about Steven Crowder before, and I don't think you really knew who he was back I know, then. I, I know the name, and I know that he debates people. Well, he used to. So, I, used to be a, I used to be a, a master debater as you say, um, when I was in at university and the Brickyard preachers would come at uni. and they, they would, they would preach on the Brickyard. I would love to debate them. I, I couldn't debate them on scripture because I don't know scripture, especially if they're going to New Testament, I don't, I don't read the fan fiction. Um, but when they'd like go to morality stuff, yeah. Debating as in getting the audience on your side, I killed him. You know, I would just like go out there. I mean, it'd be, you know, because people want to believe the crap I'm saying, not what he's saying. I remember one time he was like, um, you know, I bet when you're walking down the street and you see a woman, all you can think of is how, how good she is, what she would be in bed. And I was like, yes, 100%. And I'm holding my tennis racket because I come from the PE class. And I said, and when I see a guy, I would go, I wonder how good he is on the tennis court because I can only hold one thought in my head at a time per gender. Everybody laughs yeah. at him. I win. I mean, he wasn't wrong, but it's still, it's a silly thing to say. Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah, it's a crazy thing to say. And he was like, <laughs> there was a girl smoking, and he, one preacher was like, a woman who will put a cigarette in her mouth will put anything in her mouth. So like, all the guys start turning to the women next to him. Anyone want a cigarette? Anyone want a cigarette? Do you smoke? Do you smoke? Do you want a cigarette? So anyway, debate over. Um, well, have you ever 
if you ever um obviously like when we watch debates debate watching debates political debates is more like sporting it's more like a well, sporting the debates event. are kind of sporting events Both and teams and, go they have offense they defense they score points yeah you get frustrated with your team when your team doesn't do well in the debate but I would say most often, or very often, you're not going to change sides. I, that's probably a little different in the in the um, what do you call it? Uh, the the primaries. Although I I do kind of wonder if you're debating in primaries. So like, is is the debating in primaries having a better effect, like a more useful effect for us? Because they talk about during the primaries is where you get, like you have, let's say we have 10 candidates, okay? We got Bernie, and we got Elizabeth Warren, and we got Joe, and we've got whoever else, you know, down the down the line. And in that process of primarying, and, and not that the whole process is debate, but a lot of the process is, process is debate, you are slowly seeing, okay, well, you know, I'm a candidate who wants to win, so I'm seeing what is popular with what Bernie says, and so I'm taking that for my, you know, and, and in the debates, you're starting to adapt and, and adjust and become a more perfect candidate. So in that way, maybe debates are useful. Yeah, but part of the problem with the debates, too, in that case, is that none of the candidates, I shouldn't say none, often the candidates aren't being their honest, true selves. Mm-hmm. They're playing the character they think they win. Because Joe Biden is a is a is 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 a uh, performing the office of president further to the left than he ran in the primary. Oh yeah, because he looked at the primary and he goes, "I can't out left Bernie and Elizabeth. I can't at, out middle you know Amy and um, Pete, but I can out right the people on the right and do and you know on within the, the sphere of the left." And yeah. he just got a huge chunk of the pie for being better running on the right. But then as soon as he went to the general, he pivoted left. And then he went, when he became president, he pivoted even further left. Yeah. You know, he did the as much I did not college, expect that. You know, he did as much college debt as he could get away with doing, you know, fought yeah. like crazy for it when that wasn't even his topic. You know, he, he uh, it, everything that he's done has been further left than what he ran because running is a game. The campaign is just lying yeah. during your interview to get the job. It's And especially if you're a congressman from New York, it's, it's actually lying. You know, it's it's all playing the role hey, where you think you can win to get the most votes. Do not talk about my favorite film director that way. Okay, he directed a film, the Re- Renaissance by Beyonce, that opened this week, as well as directing Titanic and several other films that have won him several Academy Awards. So. Which is amazing because he has time to do all that and be a Heisman Trophy winner, have three Super Bowl rings, and be the perfect new coach for the Panthers. I Or obvi- quarterback for the Jets. Either way, he can go either way. He can coach or quarterback. Yeah. I obviously do not like him and what he's doing, what he did to our discourse. But when there's a movie about the about him, and I'm not talking about like a silly movie. I'm talking about like when you yeah, get... That the big short. Movie. When I'm talking about like the big short style, like it'll be comedic, but it won't be slapstick or goofy. When there is that movie that kind of breaks it down and and you know is going for an Oscar about George Santos. Oh, you talking about Santos? Who are you talking about? Who else on earth could you have been talking <laughs> about? I mean, seriously, that he's he's 
one of a kind. So, chef's kiss. Um, I mean, terrible, but also. I think it, he's the guy who said, oh, wow, it's so easy to cheat this system. I'm just going to cheat like crazy. And then found out, oh, it, you have to really hide the fact that you cheated or they'll find out. You don't just yeah. win and the game's over. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from Lil Wayne is, is be good or be good at it. And mm-hmm. George Santos was not too good at not being good. So anyway, more so debating. Um, and what was I starting to say? Oh, have you have you ever come out of uh, watching a debate and and had your mind drastically changed? Drastically changed? No. However, right. I didn't know half the people running for the, in the Democratic primary. Um, you know, this time around when Biden won, and I learned a lot more about them because they were civil for most of the debate. Occasionally they would zinger each other, but for yeah. the most part they were saying their stances. And I guess so I got to like um, Buttigieg very much. And I was like, you know, I don't think he's ready for be president this week, but I kind of like where he is. I'd like see where he goes. You know, I cemented the fact that I liked Elizabeth Warren more than I liked Bernie because I kind of saw them as interchangeable. But after the debates, for her demeanor, I was like, I think she can get more shit done. I think they want to do the same things. I think yeah. he'd be, she'd be better at getting it done th- th- than he would. Yeah. You know, so there was a, a learning process in me getting to know more people for future debates, you know, future um, yeah. tickets. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, I don't know that I have ever changed my mind watching a debate, but I do. So no, actually I, mean, I, I did. I should go further back. Obama. Cause I, you know, John Edward, it was like John Edwards, Hillary Clinton, Obama were the top three people um, yeah. in the primaries. And John Edwards was, before all his scandals came out, he was a North Carolina guy. He does great stuff locally. He has a, yeah. you know, a, a foundation in his um, late son's name. And I was on board with him, and yeah. Obama won me over during the debates. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of one of those, this is what I want. I don't, if the other ones win, that's fine too, because I like all of them. But yeah. Obama, I liked from the first time I saw him do the convention speech previously, but he won, me, he, he won my support during the debate. Bernie, I so the first time I saw Bernie, it was before he announced in 2015. He was coming out for something, and his hair was like like so messed up, and he was coming out. And I think that they were speculating that he was going to run, and it wasn't his announce. I don't think it was his announcement. It could have been. Um, and I remember being like, "This guy can't even brush his fucking hair." Like before, and I remember being like, "This guy can't win." And then every time I would hear him speak in general, I'd be like, I, I love this guy. Like, this guy is what I want. He doesn't back down. He's um, like, this is what I want. And, you know, this in 2015, Elizabeth Warren wasn't running. So it was just him. In 2020, it was then I was like, oh, there's two candidates. that, And, and largely, Bernie got into the 2015 because he wanted Elizabeth Warren to get in. And she didn't think she had the experience yet to get to get. Elected. Yeah, she didn't have the credentials. She hadn't done as much yet. Right. She had only been a senator for a very short period of time. And so he, that's what the speculation was, was that he kept telling her she should run because she was his favorite candidate. And when she didn't, he goes, well, someone needs to be representing our more progressive side of things. But as, as I watched him in, in debates and everything else, I was like, I was really captured by him. I, I would say he's probably my favorite candidate of all time. I will... 
I don't see myself ever voting for him again because I think his time has come and gone. Um, and obviously, assuming that we don't get primaries, Biden doesn't get primaried or have another issue. I by you know when you go four years down the road, I don't see Bernie. Uh, Bernie will be like be 89 or something. Like yeah. I don't. He'll <laughs> be retired. But yeah, he used to be on. Ooh, I don't know if it was Randy Rhodes or Stephanie Miller, but one of the liberal like radio talk shows I used to listen to like on the drive home from work. And um, like he was, and it was real. It was like this guy from Vermont. Like, why do I care about a senator from Vermont? But like, it, you know, didn't know that he was the most liberal senator, and that's why the liberal show had him. Yeah. But, uh, but he was always really good. And like, he seemed really open and honest about what was going on in Congress. He was doing well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, when I realized when he ran, I was like, oh, that's the guy from the radio. I like him. So while I've never, uh, other than that little bit that that I got convinced of Bernie, which that was partly debates, partly just his presence in all, you know, everything that he was in during that primary season, you know, whether it was interviews or whatever. Um, I, other than that, I haven't really been swayed too much by a debate. But one thing that has happened in my, that I, that I've noticed, um, and I think I've mentioned it a little bit here before, but so I knew a lot of people prior in prior to the 2016 primaries in you know 2015 people were a lot of my conservative family and friends that were on the Ted Cruz train. And yeah, I know, right? But Ted Cruz on paper was the closest candidate to their belief system. Uh there you know whether it be religiously, whether it be politically like they were most aligned on paper with Ted Cruz over, you know, and I'm not just talking about him versus Trump. I'm talking about him versus Marco Rubio and, um, some great choices though. Yeah. I'm forget- there was so Matt many. Getz, I think was running then. No, no, he was, he wasn't. He was 12, 20. but he was running. He's, he's a year older than me, which means that he would have been not eligible yet. Yeah. Um, or he would have just been eligible, but no, it was, it was him. It was the guy from Texas that wanted the Perry Perry. Didn't, you know, rem- just, didn't remember which three yeah. departments he wanted to get rid of and then didn't know what they did until he was put in charge of one and yeah. said, oh, this is important. They do stuff here. Yeah. But it was like an absolute shit show of people. But the, but Ted Cruz was on paper several people that I knew his favorite. And, you know, he had had a little bit of a name because he had done the um, the green eggs and ham uh, stunt to filibuster and, you know, um, he had had a little bit of notoriety on a national level, but not as much as as you necessarily need right away to become president. So during the presidential debates and the and the lead up and the interviews and all the other things, I think it became clear to those people that this guy cannot win. He is a goober. He is like a human booger. And his personality reflects that. And whether I like him on paper and think he represents me best, I also want to win. And I think that that's part of why he lost. And I think that that's one of the things that what, obviously, I don't want Ted Cruz, but I don't want Donald Trump either. But debating did a good job at kind of saying, this guy cannot be president because of the just the his general personality. And And so I think that is a that is a whether it's a quality thing or a it's a functional 
truth that it, it can affect whether it is better or not it can affect and i don't yeah. well, that's even I if i like trump know, even if if yeah. i like ted cruz on everything i wouldn't want that personality representing my you know i prefer somebody that believes in everything i believe in but at the same time i don't like i wouldn't want him dealing with foreign governments being like, right, like, I, um, like actually I could, see, I could see mitt romney being president and i wouldn't mm-hmm. like his policy choices but he wouldn't be an embarrassment of the country right or or just accidentally like fucking shit up because he doesn't know general like uh, life <laughs> i was gonna say like uh social skills you know right but you know it's funny because technology changes who we have for president yeah. you know like there was the classic nixon was sweating too much on the first televised debates so he lost that year because he was sweating too much and yep. people could see for the first time that he was sweating so much and yeah. it was also i think what was it, in colorado or something like that so he was at a weird altitude and he wasn't used to it so but but you know that changed things and now we have internet social media changed trump's you know ability to move it you know fetterman destroyed oz partially because his social media presence was so much better you know yeah like being able to, and there was a big thing. My when I was at my old company, we had a task force to analyze um, Obama's use of social media because it was seen as so masterful and so well done. Yeah. All right. Is there any other big debate stuff that you? I have a debate question. Sure. In the general presidential election. Or even in senatorial debates, you know, that are local between in the, in the general Republican versus Democrat. Where the fuck do they find undecideds? How the hell are there undecided people in this day and age of polarization? Like, unless you have like the furthest right Democrat, the furthest left Republican, and they overlap on some topics. Like the joke between Gore and um, George Bush was that you know they agreed with each other half the things they said during the debate. They were like, "Well, I agree," because again. Bush ran a lot further left than he governed. Yeah. But uh, how do you find someone who's like, I'm not sure if I'm a racist or not. I'll have to decide during the debates. I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't understand it. I, I, and I feel like we found the 20 dumbest people in America and we put them in a room to watch the debate. We'll see what the 20 dumbest people in America think after watching the debate. Okay. I have a couple of answers for you. I think the first answer is there we we underestimate the, the we underestimate how well algorithms can dictate what we do and do not know um because i've talked to people and and you know like and you're like how do you not know this this is the most basic information like i i i talked to, i have um somebody wanted to argue about black lives matter and and they you know like we we've been saying it for five years like it's not that it's not that uh other cancers don't matter that we're just talking about breast cancer right now you know like you've heard that metaphor Mm -hmm. there there is you can tell people that and it is the first time they've heard it a lot of people because the algorithm hasn't let them like you have to get in person and someone says something stupid like that, and you say, well, you know, it's like this, and you realize, oh, they've never fucking heard this. This thing oh, that has just, been the rebuttal simple. from it's, it's police are shooting black people, and judges are putting black people in jail for twice as long because they don't know that black lives matter. 
Like that's what it is. I agree they just, with they you. Don't, they don't, that, and that's what the phrase came from. It's right. they're treating them like they don't matter. So maybe that's the sentence that that you know you can do the comparison to cancer, but it's also the yeah. no no. The reason we're saying Black Lives Matter is because our system acts like they don't, and we're trying to inform people that they actually do. I agree with you, but I think on the right, there's a lot of semantics that become a problem for them. So that's when you have to get into like they. Because you know, it's we you you and I did the toxic masculinity video years ago, where they you know it's the same thing. These people get fucking hooked up on toxic masculinity. Oh, you think masculinity is toxic? No, that's not how language works. And there's a lot of people who now it's very common to have the argument that you and I had. Now you have for to link that. To that video in the notes. I will. Um, but like there, there's it's been very common. I've seen lots of people on the left making very similar arguments to us like well you understand that if i say chocolate cake that doesn't mean cake is always chocolate you know like you there's been lots of other examples but there's still people who don't get it because of the semantics and they've never been corrected on the semantics and i think that it's that's what i mean when i say like there is this like giant bubble and there's also people who use hyperbole on purpose to overprove their point and when you call them on it they go oh you're being uh, you know i don't mean everybody it's like, no, but you said it on purpose that way. You phrased it that way to get the credit as if you did mean it. And then yeah. you walk it back when you get called on it. So both, both those things happen. Yes. So Because right, when when my neighbor across the street puts up his Blue Lives Matter sign, he does mean only blue lives. Like, he does mean it that way. He, he's not saying also. He's saying, no, in a, in a situation with a cop and a civilian, the cops should always kill the civilian because cops are more important than people, except on January 6th. Yes. And you can tell cops think that because when a police officer dies, they have a 21 gun salute and a giant parade and all this stuff. And, and they don't and, have that when they kill someone. And so they hunt they, them they, down. They clearly they think. Down a cop killer. Yeah. But they clearly think their lives are more important because they have ceremonies when they die. They don't have ceremonies when civilians die. So they clearly think their lives are more important. So a coworker today told me that she. Come on, this cops is, come at me. A coworker told me today that she took her, I think her son's almost three to see the Paw Patrol movie. And I said, oh, you're showing him copaganda? And she didn't know what copaganda was, so I had to explain it to her. And she's like, no, he's just, he's the hero. I'm like, okay, first of all, copaganda. Secondly, uh, I'm like, he does everything. They have a whole team of dogs. And you would think that, like, the construction dog would help when there's, like, a construction issue. And the fire dog would treat when there's a fire. But the cop dog does fucking everything because cops have to get every you know and i started going into it and she's like you are crazy and i'm like it's fact <laughs> it's, it's also it's it's also the shitty writing that most of our yeah. fiction has like madhavi and i have been re-watching on a max network um the mentalist because we yeah. watched the first couple seasons then fell off and we're like did he ever catch red john we don't know we should watch it so we're watching through it and it's like no not a single cop can do a cop job it's Unless the mentalist is there, like he's the only one who knows and knows how to see evidence or, or do anything, and every show that you know had a person like him on it was like that, right? Every show, the star is the only one who ever sees any clues or puts two and two together. Yeah. And everyone else, everyone else gets it wrong every time on every cop show, especially the ones that have a non-cop, you know, like numbers or you know whatever, anything where there's a, a civilian accompanying a cop. The civilian knows ten times more than the cop, which is real. You know, but but even the cop shows the star cop solves everything. The other cops are just like, bleh, 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 bleh. 
best cop show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And it kind of gets into copaganda at a couple points, and then I think that they were made aware of it, and they kind of pulled back. So, best cop show is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Back to... Back to life. Back to my your 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 question about yeah, how yeah, they're undecided. Yeah. Stupid undecided people. So there's the first part, which is I think that algorithms have kept people from hearing like very obvious pieces for their of entire lives. They don't know a thing about politics their entire lives, and I, then we're going to put them in a room and ask them what they thought of an interview, or a debate they can't possibly have understood because they never heard of any of the topics before. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to don't fill in. Don't debate me on this. I'm trying to fill in your question. So then, the second thing I think is that there are people, and and, and if you listen to Cogdis this week, they uh, Cecil talks about it a bit. There's people who they prioritize economics above everything else and so and 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 i know that conservatives being better at economics is actually incorrect but it's a it's a lie that a lot of people on both the left and the right believe Uh, most people on the right believe it a good amount of people on the left believe that the right is better economically than we are on the left and when they believe that and they prioritize well, I need to get my paycheck. I need my my four hundred one k to be you know performing, and I need all these other things. They prioritize that over. Oh yeah, well I know that like they were potentially giving hysterectomies to to uh, migrants in in a prison in Georgia, with you know against their will. But like the economy is. Well, better, that's a right? definition of a Republican, though. Yeah, I mean, a definition of a Republican is. Money is more important than people. And even, like, I, I know people like at work who say, oh, no, socially, I agree with all the left social issues, but I want my tax cuts. I'm like, well, that makes you a Republican because it means you care. Even if you agree in the abstract about social issues, if you say your paycheck is worth more than someone else's life, that's yeah. a definition of a Republican. Yeah. At least, but people yeah. get so surprised when a Republican who is a minority doesn't care about their minority group. And it's like... Yeah. Is the definition of Republican is I care about me and only me, maybe my family, maybe not always, but maybe my family, and that's it. Yeah. And debate, yeah. but man, and I get and I get there are people who are dumb, and I get there are people. I mean, the thing is, like those people wouldn't be undecided though. They're decided. They want the Republican because they think he has he makes better financial things. But but why would we ever? Why does the media ever put those people in a room to talk to afterwards when they are the stupidest people on the planet? Or at least the most uninformed about politics. So how in the world can you, why would you ask them, you who know nothing about politics, did you change your mind about politics, hearing people talk about, hearing people argue with each other and, and, and make insults at each other? Yeah, like the guy who did insults. There you have it. The guy who did insults. He'd be a good president because uh, Plumber Joe liked the way he did insults. So my He last... said the things that I was thinking that we all think because we're all horrible racists. Yeah. So my last answer to your question is more to why do they put undecideds unless why are there undecideds uh the reason they put them on there is we are for whatever reason and this, I, I think it's specifically this country there it exists other places but more so here than i think anywhere else we are we have vilified uh expertise and we have we have um glorified every manness and like look there is a there you know obvi- you know the, there's that stupid question they asked about they used to ask about like which of the candidates would you rather have a beer with 
George Bush. That was the number one positive thing George Bush had. He's the candidate oh. everyone would most rather have a beer with. Yeah, but like ultimately, I don't. A pretzel. There, there are the occasions where you're like, oh yeah, my actual belief on who the better candidate is and the guy I want to have a beer with or woman that I want to have a beer with is could co-align. But it's a dumb reason, and it is like I said before. There's lots of people voting for stupid reasons. You know, same thing as with Ted Cruz being like unappealing, but being the 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 right answer on paper for all those right right wingers. Hillary was obviously the better option for us on the left, and people didn't get enthusiastic about her because she's not exciting. She's not particularly charismatic. Well, Those I are mean, the wrong reasons. We have. I mean, and, really, and she, it's because she ran a terrible campaign where she acted like she's not exciting and charismatic because she is when she's not on campaign. When she's not campaign, like she's campaigning, yeah. I'm sure she's afraid of being seen as this or that, so she plays the robot role. But when she was on SNL, she's funny. When she was on talk shows after she lost to Trump, she was funny and personable and connected with people. But when she gets up behind a, a, a um, lectern to debate, she just goes fact, 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 fact. And it's like no, nobody wants that. I mean, right? Like, I mean, I voted for her, and I was, yeah. You know, she would have done much better, but she. And mostly, I was like, I hate. And it's and it's not. It's not just her. Many candidates are, don't get the idea that being likable is important. Like, it was, she's not the only one. I mean, Bob Dole was the same thing. Remember yeah. Bob Dole? I mean, nightmare Republican. I didn't like anything about him. But when he was on Arsenio Hall after he was out of politics. He was joking and smiling. I'm like, I never saw him smile when he was in politics. Like, that's not yeah. the persona he wanted to have. It's like, wh why couldn't you be a normal human? And then the people who were, Bill Clinton playing the sax on Arsenio and Matt making jokes and laughs, wins. Yep. George Bush, the guy you can have a beer with who, who's making little jokes and giggling to himself all the time, wins. You know, like Obama uh, wearing a tan suit and using fancy mustard on his hot dogs. Scandalous little bastard. Yeah. I still can't believe he did that. I love whenever there was a kid, whenever there was a scandal with Trump, and they would, the Daily the Show. Don't, would, don't forget, the Daily Show would just do a. Uh, this is the worst scandal since, and then they would pick one of the random, like he wore a tan suit. <laughs> and um, I love the uh, meme that shows um, George H. W. Bush, George W. Bush, and Reagan all in the same exact color suit um, with him, like all four of them. Which one of these guys is? is a horrible, bad president and all of them sitting on their desk. Cause one of the other sandals was he sat on the corner of the desk once and like, they all have pictures of them sitting on the corner of the desk. Yeah. Except for um, Trump, because when he did it, the whole desk kind of just tilted and all his hamburgers fell on the floor. Burgers, hamburgers, the hamburgers. Yeah. How can so, he still be alive eating hamburgers all the time? And KFC. Taco bowl. I'm bowls. team KFC. I'm on team cholesterol all day, all night. That's yeah, that's what Team KFC is. is yeah. uh, was it Dan Savage that said that he was Team KFC and in the early in the 2016 uh, part? But anyway, but he drinks um, Drano to clear things out. Yeah, the same way he drank um, bleach to get rid of the, the COVID. Yeah. Okay, so Should now be. I want to talk about. We've talked about debating, and it's it's. Um, it's come, effic efficacy. Did we come to an agreement on it yet? I think we. I think we're basically on the same page for most of it. 
I want to talk for a few minutes before we end um, about the 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 compelling the the fact that people want want to want to compel others to debate, and I think that there is a genuine there is there the value is, of debate. Is it what we call debate, bro. Like no, I mean oh, not the value of them. Debate culture. Not not the debates themselves, but this desire, yeah, this desire to debate, you know, debate me, bro, and and you know, it it, it comes out of, it tends to come out of people being, uh, you know, cocky and thinking that there is a benefit, and I think that there must be some benefit by perception of it because otherwise it would have stopped to some degree. I'm. Well, I mean, I think there is a, if you're good at debating, or you think you are, there's a benefit to saying, it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. If I can get someone to debate me, I look right. Yeah. And if I just put my statements out there in the ether in black and white, it's easier to debunk them because I don't get to debate them and make them sound right. Right. That's a good point. I mean, and debates are effective. I mean, I seem to remember back in 2018, I had this, um, a guy working for me for a couple of months and the work I was giving was kind of brainless work, which is why I didn't want to do it anymore. It was making my brain mush. And he mostly sat and had YouTube debates going on, you know, in a tab on his computer. And he was like, his headphones on listening to debates while he was doing work. And I don't know if he was doing it because it kept his mind active, active, or because the topics or things he wanted, he was dealing with on his own and wanted to hear pros and cons on or a combination of, of the, both, both of the above, but he was listening to debates all the damn time. Uh, those were specifically atheist debates. Um, How do you know what my employee was doing? Him and I have a link that you can't understand. Uh, hmm. We have, we have been shared a, shared a bed for decades. Yeah. Um, no, the I I will say I listen to debates. Well, I, I don't. I haven't listened to debates in a long time, but I will listen to debates sometimes um, for the simple fact that. I find it like specifically atheist debates. So I would listen to Hitchens versus whoever, and I would listen to um, Matt Dillahunty talking to whoever. And the reason I would listen to that wasn't because I was trying to have them convince me. Um, it was more because I, if I, I don't love listening. Like if you came on here and just were saying, I'm an atheist because God, you know, I don't see any evidence for God, blah, 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 you know, ding, 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 ding. And there's no answer to it, whether, and, and obviously there typically in those are those debates that I was listening to, the debater on the religious side was very good for their side. We were not talking about you pulling a random dude off the street and then Hitchens and being like, all right, debate Hitchens on why you think God is real. You're talking about some very educated people who've given a lot of thought and done a lot of work to try to get to their conclusions. And so I didn't think of it as I want one of these guys to win me over. It was more like I want to hear the two best minds on this particular topic so that I know that the information on in column A is as good as I'm going to hear and I know the information in column B is as good as I'm going to hear. And then I would, a lot of times, I'd go look up points. So um, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, Matt Dillahunty uses the uh, 
Leviticus 25, I forget the exact verse. Um, I think it was Leviticus, wasn't it? I, I'm, my brain's farting. Uh, but it's the, it, the, the verse where they say, if you're, if your slave is, if you beat your slave and they uh, get up again in two days, you have not had, you know, have not sinned or whatever. If you hear that in a debate, you go, okay, well, let me write that down and look that up on my own. And then you hear the other person come back with, well, in this, you know, chapter and verse, God says, uh, thou shall not have slaves or whatever. But, you know, nope, I'm... doesn't say that anyway. <laughs> no, what, they usually, what they usually yeah. are, what they are usually respond is, it was a different time. He knew they were going to have yeah. slaves whether he wanted yes. them or not. So it was a kindness to put rules around it. Right. And I, and I, and, they, and then I would say, okay, well, what is the counter argument to that? And God I would, in, was able to tell you not to eat shellfish. God was yeah. able to tell you not to wear mixed cloths. God was able to tell you not to uh, murder, uh, not to bear fault witness, but he couldn't mention, by the way, yeah. don't own people. And, and I think that there was a huge benefit to that, especially in, you know, this isn't, uh, like you mentioned, flat earth debate, flat earth versus spheroid earth debate. There is a obvious right answer, like a factual right answer or wrong answer in the Bible, you know, Bible versus atheist or Quran versus atheist or I can't name any other religious text, the Torah versus the atheist or whatever, like those, whatever you said, there is, there is a fact, there is a fact whether there is a God or there isn't a God, but we don't know what that is so like a lot of this is is almost philosophical and the back and forth would let me see the train of thought and i really enjoyed and appreciated that because i'd say okay he said that you you can have slaves if you if you if they rise within however amount of days after being beaten the the um religious person said well it was a different time he said well if god's supposed to be omnipotent 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 omnipresent and omni benevolent benevolent how could he not know that in the future slavery would be immoral or how could he well well he needed like, to con- we'll give you he inspirational to, things like don't kill knowing people will still kill but he couldn't say yeah. don't own people he, he needed to convince he needed to be able to convince the people well he's god he should be able to convince the people like and it would i would see yeah. these and then the usual statement is also that it that's more often used as an argument not of the existence of god but that God is not omnibenevolent. It's not morality right. doesn't come from the Bible. Any book that tells you here's how you can trick your slave into being a slave forever instead of being set free, and here's how you can beat your slave as often as you want as long as you don't kill him within two days. If he, as long as you kill him so he bleeds out slowly, it's okay. That's not a source of morality. Like right. that's usually where that argument is from the morality side of it. Yeah, I agree. And just so people uh, don't write in. The, the millions of listeners saying that's not why Dillahunty talks about Leviticus. He doesn't do that. Say he doesn't exist. He's just saying he's a thug, and I wouldn't worship him if he did. The character right. is not deserving of worship. Yeah, yeah, he's a thug. Um, and I think that it is the other thing that I think really was good in those debates when I was listening to them is, look, I, I I'm not religious, and I'm not. I don't. I think that religion does a really bad job with most things, but every once in a while you'd hear at least the best possible argument. And this isn't a debate. This was more of a conversation. It was, and it was Bill Maher, who I have 
really not have fallen out of uh, favor with, uh, or he's fallen out of favor with me. Um, he doesn't know who the fuck I am, so I can't fall out of favor with him. No, not Michael Cole. He doesn't like my racism. Yeah, but Vilmar in Religious talked to talks to a person, and he and he's asking about the 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 Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, depending on which version you believe. And he said it never made sense to him. And there's a guy that says, "Well, think about you know water. It can be ice. It can be water. It can be um, steam." And so, like, it's just three. Di- it's one thing in three different forms. Is that a great argument? No. Is that the best argument or the best best way of tackling that concept that I've ever heard? Yes. You know what I mean? And so there was a benefit to that, too, is, like, I've had conversations with religious people where I've, you know, genuine conversations, not debates. I've, I don't think I've ever debated anyone religiously. And I've gotten some really shitty answers in my life. And so, like, listening to debates in that way, I was like, oh, I'm getting better information because they're being challenged. Now, it's still, I, you know, I've come to the, obviously, I was not an outright atheist at that point in my life, and I am now, so, spoiler alert, guess who won? But, uh... Bill Maher had a good line about religion. He goes, uh, I was Catholic, raised Catholic. I was born, you know, from a half-Jewish, half-Catholic family, but I was raised Catholic, and I was Catholic until something happened to me. I turned 12. Yeah. Because I used to show up with my lawyer to confession. Give me father for I have sinned. You know, Mr. Solomon. Yeah, remember when he was awesome? He's a good atheist. He's a terrible skeptic and not a great person. Yeah. All right, so do we want to wrap it Wrap it up? Sure. Any natural, any conclusions that we want to come to before we start talking about the outro and stuff? I would just say that everyone should keep in mind, if you do like debating, if you are a debater, remember the main audience of your debate is the audience. It's not about um, changing the person you're talking to's mind in a debate. It is about the audience hearing what you have to say and moving one way or the other. So just right. have that in mind with everything you type when you're online debating. That's a good point. Um, yeah, especially I think the new form of debating that we've seen is comment sections. And I refuse to participate anymore, but I will go look at them sometimes. I did it with... Uh, I'm a glutton for, for punishment. Sometimes I went on after the... 60th anniversary episode of Doctor Who. And I was like, I'm curious as to what the comments are going to be. I I could have guessed if I had written it down, I would have been right. But, um, I, you know, I like, uh, I for whatever reason, but sometimes I, the responses to the horrible comments are so funny. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's so many, so many good ones with that one because, you know, oh, it's gone woke, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's been woke since the first episode. <laughs> yeah. It's been woke for the time. And yeah. arguably, I would say that I would actually say Sarah and I had the conversation after watching this week's this not this week, the sixtieth, uh, watching that episode. We were like, "There's a lot of ways in which it's actually not woke." Like they, you know, the they're pretty, you know, the the dead naming the which I get it. You do well, that for narrative reasons. I mean, sometimes. that I mean, they didn't they did it. I mean, the bad guy, the the, the bully yeah. kids did it to show that wasn't the show dead naming. That right, was, right. That was but, the, but also but it I, was important because the name was Jason, which translates the doctor. And then she chose the name that. Rose. So, she, so Donna chose to name her child 
a synonym for doctor without knowing it, and then the child chose to be called Rose. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a sneaky one. Yeah. But, anyway. Uh, but I thought that was funny that somebody complained that, um, for this week, I guess, that uh, Isaac Newton isn't Asian. Why does he look Asian? That's not that's not correct. And, uh, and, and I guess our response that was like, yeah, and Charles Darwin didn't fight ghosts with the doctor. And this like list like everything like everything any uh historical character ever did with the doctor say none of that's true it's a tv show <laughs> logan so we went and saw this week's ben episode Go didn't kill a giant chicken in a church yeah we saw this week's episode and then we went to the movies to see the marvels and there's this is not really a spoiler they're in space and there's <laughs> a scene where there's cats floating and i turned to logan and i said there's something wrong with their mavity and and he was like, yes. <laughs> um, Mavity dropped something in my parents' house on Sunday morning, and and they made a comment about the Mavity being too strong in the house. And <laughs> my parents and my brother were like, the what? I'm like, the Mavity. I'm like, what? I'm like, massive gravity. Okay, it's like I had to give an excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you got anything last last things, or should we just do the outro? We can we we can wrap things up, man. Okay. So everybody. We appreciate you listening to us, obviously, and we we hope that you keep coming back. One thing that you could do to do for us, do to us. He's going to say more than one thing. I'm just telling you, he's lying when he says one thing. But go ahead. The first thing that you could do for us is you can, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can hit the like, subscribe, ring the bell, so that you know when we have a new episode. Um, That would be massively helpful. And make some comments down below because that just helps the algorithm. Even if you don't care what you say, just start a debate. Debate. It's fine. Yeah debate it helps if you're listening to us on a uh you know any other podcast platform and it's just just audio no video uh figure out what way your podcast does it and hit like or thumbs up or a heart or give it a whatever star rating give us a review it or whether be... you use itunes or not you can always find us in itunes just yep. log into itunes create an account just for this log into itunes and go ahead and give us a five-star uh, rating and review. And do it for the other podcasts you like, too. Even if you don't listen to them on iTunes, go ahead and give yeah. them a review. It helps. Yep. And lastly, if you want to help us monetarily, you have, you have two options. Yeah, I'm talking about money. If you, if you want to, you have two options. Uh, well, technically you have three, but two places. So you can either go on Apple, and they have a subscription option, which is $3 a month, and that gets you the uncensored version of every episode. Or you can go on patreon.com backslash talking about the big step where we have two options, a $3 and a $10 option. Obviously $10 helps us more, but um, it, $10 is just there if you want to like learn about our hopes and dreams and, and secrets and stuff. Uh, or just support us with is, extra money. Or just support us with extra money. $3 is there for uh, the bulk of the content that we're going to be putting out. So uh, that, that isn't on whatever platform you're listening to this on right now. So like I said, talking about the big stuff, patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. Yeah. So I just want to thank everyone for coming out to talk about the big stuff and um, debate whether the big stuff is actually as big as we tell her it is. Yeah. Debate me, bro. Six inches is, is average. Debate me, bro. All right. That's my big stuff. 
The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.